0: And here comes Milwaukee, Forbes, another three. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> this is the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. Welcome back from a prolonged all-star break to the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. I'm your host, LJ Cascon. I have Hot Take Harrison and the Thunder from Down Under George. And we're about to discuss, honestly, I don't even know what, because... George is the main reason that we're even potting right now, so I honestly just want him to host, even though I said I'd let Harry host afterwards too. Oh, George's eyes got wide like a deer in headlights. <laughs> you ready, George? All right, go ahead. What do you want to talk about, George? First of all... I'll help you out. I'll rest you in out. peace
1: to the long reign, long and healthy reign of Jamari Buya.
0: That, that's what I was going to hand to that's you. That's yeah. this
1: entire show. We're here to pay our respects to one of the greatest athletes to ever touch, uh, you know, Floridian soil. He is the goat. He will always be my goat. Uh, live long and prosper in Washington. Please. Uh, he's going to be John Wall 2.0. I'm telling you right now. Just without the injuries. So, it's Old going to clan. be. Uh, it's going to drop 25 against us next time we play him. 15 assists. 6 steals. And this organization is going to ruin the day they ever dropped him. I'm just joking. That's fantastic to hear that. He's actually signed by another team though. Happy for him. Get some playing time there. uh, The land of scrubs, as, as some would say in Washington over there. Uh, We we get murdered by a different one every year. And this year it hasn't been as bad. But when we verse them again, he will be there. And he will destroy us. <laughs> Inevitably.
0: I, I think it's a really good uh, step in the right direction, though, for Miami. Because they're finally letting go of some of these players. I know they didn't really have a choice here because he was with the G League. But... It's at least a step in the right direction of not holding on too long to more undrafted talent. And before we get into all of that, because I'm I'm going to hand off to Harry, because Harry mm-hmm. has some specific things he wants to talk about tonight. We're going to blast through them. But I want to start real quick. No basketball. How did you guys spend your all-star weekend? I'll go first. I have a nice little story. Um, I went to a concert, my very first one since COVID. Big step for me. I, I, I'm actually – I wanted to go to the Paramore concert that's coming up here in Charlotte in a couple weeks but couldn't get tickets. So unfortunately, I had to settle for this one and it was it's in a darkly lit dimly lit space is is the concert that I went to and I saw someone just vomit profusely. That's that it was louder than the music and are any of you familiar with the with the sound that projectile vomit makes when it slaps onto cold concrete? It sounds like 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 that. Like, that's basically what it sounded like. It was like a, a good hearty smack. Like, it wasn't a slap. There's a difference between slap and smack. That vomit it's smack. Just, it's the
1: sound of Kyle Lowry as he hits the floor after a big flop.
0: After Yeah, so everyone that listens that knows Kyle Lowry knows exactly the sound that I'm talking about. That That's just how my All-Star break went. And also, I want to say, on the last episode, albeit sarcastically, I did say we were going to uh, highly anticipatedly wait for Mac McClung to participate in the dunk contest if you just read the words, a transcription of what I said, you wouldn't be able to decipher sarcasm. So technically we were all right. I was right. I said, Matt McClellan is going to put on a show in the dunk contest. I'm excited for that. Hey, you can't tell tone if you're just reading the transcript. So that's, that's how my uh, all-star break went. Harry, how did yours go? You have a good time?
2: Um, I watched none of the all-star game. I have been boycotting it for quite a few years now. So
0: it was a I good decision
2: for this year. And to and to be honest, with the way the heat had been, I really just needed like a break. I didn't want to get annoyed. So obviously I missed um Tyler absolutely at the three point contest, Um, which was our always our thing. Uh the heat players are always great at the three point contest, and ruined it a few years ago. He was the only guy um, who did not win out of the heat guys. So of course that's very apropos for Mr. Duncan Robinson, and then Hero absolutely stunk this one up. On a better personal note, the Sunday, so it would have been the All-Star Game day, my wife wanted to go to this festival with her parents, and I was like, it's way too hot, I'm not going. So I took out my laptop, and I had a couple free entry t- uh, coins or tokens to get into this online tournament. Um, and wasn't thinking much of it. Like the way this works is, I think there were like 520 something entrants, and like the top four percent get their um, get their tournament fee waived for a live bar poker open tournament in Vegas. And um, I uh, I was playing, and all of a sudden I was like, the, the tables are getting strong, my chips are getting higher, and I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, I could win this thing. And it got down to two tables. And so I guess I'm going to go to the Vegas. I guess I'm going back to Vegas because they're going to pay for my entry fee. And then I was talking to someone and they said, Oh, the winner gets the whole thing paid for. So lo and behold, I'm heads up with this guy. I'm being very nice to him. I was like, Good hand, nice job, whatever. He had a massive chip lead, but I came all the way back and won. So I won the whole tournament. Um, first place got a $400 voucher for flight. Um, five nights in the Golden Nugget in June. That's like one of the original poker rooms in Vegas, and entering to the tournament. So that was cool, and I'm going back to Vegas. Uh, we'll try to win this thing. I think the prize pool for this
0: tournament's like four
2: hundred thousand dollars. So I'll see what I can do.
0: We're rooting for you. Congratulations. <laughs> in the meantime, I mean that that what what uh, hand did you win on? If you remember,
2: yeah. Uh, and I pushed, and uh, the guy called. He had pocket fours, and they held up. So, uh, so pretty, it's always better. It's
0: it's good to win in general, but it's best to win when you know you had the better hand. So that is true. A little bit of a serendipity in there somewhere, yeah. but happy for you, George. Can you top seeing vomit smack on concrete or winning a free trip to Vegas?
1: I got insanely hammered and watched the dunk contest and the three point contest. That was my entire weekend. There was nothing to do in this sad excuse for an island. This is very depressing. I know I can't top going to a concert or you know winning a once in, you know once or twice in a lifetime event like this, like uh, Harry did. But yeah, no, I sat down, had some beers uh, with the boys, and uh, we uh, we watched the game, which was fantastic. And it was fun to watch Michael McClung actually do something in the dunk contest. That was good. Three point contest, not so not so good, not so good. I released a little uh, tweet saying uh, Tyler Hero will win the dunk uh, or the three point contest this year, and he proceeded to miss how many straight. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, "Oh shit, this is getting very bad, very quickly." But at the end of the day, I was I was hoping for him to win. At the end of the day, I just I, I still want you know players on this team to, to perform well, but. The fact that he didn't was just as funny. The All Star Game itself was the most unbelievable amount of poo of all time. It was so bad; it is pathetic at this point. They have to do something. I actually had a really good recommendation from um, a friend. What they should do with the with the All Star Game: whatever conference wins gets home court advantage in the finals. That would be a, has, uh... that's an action. That's a real incentive because if you're on a contender. You know, if you're you're sitting in the West and you're sitting there, you know, like uh, we're we're probably going to go to the finals. You know, we've got a really good chance. I want home court. I'm about to ball out, and that that would that would really inject some um some passion back into the game. But the state it's in now, it's pretty appalling. Actually, what topped that was whatever in the world was that team Giannis or team Antetokounmpo and a uh, team t- Houston. I don't I don't even know what the hell that was. That was the worst all-star event in the history of the sport. And that's not even, I'm not even exaggerating. Whoever sits there and says, this is what we're doing this year. And the people who sit around the the, the table and clap for him or her. um, It's, I don't know how you can do that. I don't know how you can say this is a good idea and watching it. If they do that again next year, that's, that's it for me. That's all I'm watching.
2: And I know um, I had a I had a tweet that was read on I think like a series show by Amin Al Hassan. We were going back and forth a little bit because he was like, "Man, what what's happening with this All Star game?" And I'm like, "We just live in a different time. This doesn't mean a lot to the guys anymore. Um, you can get highlights all the time here off your device that you hold in your hand. Um, in terms of an All Star break, these guys are playing basketball all the time. A lot of them play ball over the summer, so." Um, for like Jimmy, for example, that was a chance to go to Argentina for a week. And a lot of guys would prefer that, uh, especially when you're talking about going to Salt Lake city, which, um, would obviously be a nice place if you're going skiing, but no one goes there to do anything. You can't drink in the city, obviously for different religious reasons that are going on there. So, um, that's just not a fun time for young NBA guys. So, I understand that people are annoyed and they want some competitiveness and would like them to play some defense and all those critiques are warranted, but they have to find something. So whether George is do what the MLB used to do and the winner determines home field, or they get $5 million and split it among the winning team, like some type of incentive to justify that these guys are going to go out there and play, not worry about injuries and, um, just, you know, this, this is crazy. I mean, you, you guys remember the good all-star games? Uh, Kobe laughed at one game where Wade broke his nose during the game. Um, so we're just, we got to get back to that because if they're going to keep doing this all-star game, it can't be, they were playing like flag football on the basketball court. Like they just weren't um, really defending each other. And no, no one wants to watch that. No one, no one is looking for a, a dunk show or anything like that. That's, What the dunk contest is supposed to be, and that's not going too well either. So they got to figure it out. It hasn't been very good.
0: Yeah, no, I I, like George and Harry. You both reiterated that too. I'm I'm not sure if they still do it in the MLB. I think they do because it's it's a good incentive. I think that's a smart idea. I'm not I'm by no means you know a, a a seam head or anything, but I feel like that's just a really really good incentive to make both sides try. Because if you're in the All Star game, chances are you're on a team that's having a pretty good year. So your odds of making the finals are better than if you're not on the all-star team. So albeit, We'll, we'll move on. Harry, I'll, I'll now graciously hand the hosting duties to you. Cause you have some things that you want to discuss.
2: Um, Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> happy to host. We're so um, happy
0: to have you, Harry. You, we you. hardly ever get you on. So when, when you're on, you know, we want to make the most of it.
2: I know I always, I don't talk very much. So this is, uh, this is good for me. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about, uh, George and LJ, if you want to chime in. I had this whole thing about, you know, Embiid just being a huge bitch and wanting to duck the heat. You know, obviously Bam blocked him um, on Monday night. It was, it was a game-saving block. And I felt like he was just like, I'm not I'm not going through that again. But the Sixers then absolutely destroying us last night. And maybe he just knew he could take a game off and that his team would um, be able to handle it. So what were you guys thinking? Do you think he was ducking the heat or he just knew he could have a game off? Um, I they don't have a-
0: knew that he could have a game off because if you know one thing, for even as an outside perspective would know about this year's iteration of the Miami Heat, it's that they're going to show up against a fully healthy team and then they're going to completely shit all through the bedsheets against a depleted team. They did it against Memphis, which was probably the ultimate culmination if we're being honest, you want to talk about crescendo of shitting in the bed? <laughs> that Memphis game is it, and it happened super early in the season, so it honestly set the precedent. Um, so when Embiid sat, all the only person that they had on that team that literally strikes fear into you at all is James Harden and Tyrese Maxey because he cooked them the first game in Philly, and then Maxey did it again in Miami. So you, Embiid is not uh, Embiid is the the ultimate online guy. That's in the East now. I guess you can give him that title because Kevin Durant's now in the West again. Both are chronically online. Embiid knows he's definitely seen that the Heat don't do next to anything of what they're supposed to do when a team is depleted and when there aren't expectations against them. So that's just this year's iteration of the Miami Heat. So I don't feel like he was ducking them. I feel like he knew he could get away with some rest. He's big. He is injury prone. So it doesn't shock me at all that he... Even though they said, what was it like? A, a, a what foot soreness? Like which foot? Left foot soreness or something like that? I buy it legitimately for someone that big who flops around as much as he does. Eventually, you're going to land awkwardly on your leg. I mean, he already took out Danny Green's career by doing it, so doesn't surprise me. Another thing I wanted to point out too before I I'm going to I'm going to take up more time so George can't talk. Sorry, George. It, was it just me? Or, I noticed so many flops in that first game against Philly. So many. There was one where Zeller bumped into Maxi on a rebound and Maxi was completely fine and then just fell backwards afterwards and got a foul out of it. And then you have the famous, I mean, Embiid does it all the time, but then you have the famous Harden one when he has the offensive board for to win the game and then he flops out of bounds. So that was just, that was gorgeous. That was phenomenal. its I, I feel like this team definitely just flops a lot, a lot, a lot. But then again, that was last, as soon as they got James Harden, that kind of became way more of a talking point too, because that's his play style. It works. Trey Young has a similar play style. I'm just shitting on everybody right now because I hate that play style so much. Just flailing around to get to the basket. Embiid does it so much, and Embiid is a big dude, man. There, that was another one too where Gabe Vincent bumped into him down on the corner in the game in Philly, and Embiid, you would have thought. Vincent trucked his ass, like ultimate, uh, like PS2 Madden hit stick him. And it's like, you got like 150 pounds on Gabe Vincent. I don't think him bumping his shoulder into your waist made you flail that much. But that that, that was just a little baby tirade. I, I, we don't need to talk about Embiid anymore. Unless, George, you want to go in? Go ahead. I like Embiid.
1: I do. Embiid's a great player. He, he should have won the MVP last year, in my opinion. Uh, didn't get there. He's trying again to get it this year. So if, I don't think he was ducking on purpose for this game. I feel like it's just one of those games where like, okay, I'm versing the same team again. I'm sure let my team handle it. I'm going to take the day off. I need a break. And there's not much to, There's not much more to it. I didn't really see anything in that. The, the The fact of the matter is we lost that game and we got blown out. And all of our momentum was destroyed by one of Game Vincent, um, Caleb Martin, that was disastrous play. Carl uh, Lowry was upgraded to questionable for that game. And everyone was like, okay, he's going to come back. We'll see what he can do. And now he's been downgraded to uh, out and with no timetable for a turn. So he just wanted a free trip to to Philly to see his, um, you know, his hometown. I respect it. I respect the hustle. I respect the grind. Getting a free trip every now and again is fantastic. But I look at this team right now and I go, We should have we should have been absolutely fine. And the only time we, we, we looked like there was a comeback being made, it's because the ball was being passed to Bam, realizing that Paul Reed couldn't couldn't guard him. If Bam put his mind to it and Tobias Harris couldn't do anything against him. If you're looking at that, uh, and and the team was coming back, why stray away from it? It's because Gabe Vincent was there he started chucking up it' device threes and the momentum got destroyed and tires Max took us for a ride that's that's the entire of the game if you miss the game it's basically we had a really really good first quarter one of the worst second quarters you'll ever see from a team collectively as a team uh I started the third off pretty bad mounted a comeback that got squashed in the fourth it was just demolition from there that's that entire game and I'm I'm just hoping to God that someone will look at this from the organization and go, you know what? We've had a few too many of these. What's what's actually going on here? What's the issue? And I feel like they know. They're just they're just trying to buy time now and see what they're actually gonna have to do in the offseason to actually fix this team because of the, the time it stands now. It's pretty um it's pretty bleak. It's been a pretty bad month, actually, for the Heat. It's been a bad season, but a bad especially a bad month. Um, if you're looking at our bench as well, that's what really killed us. the, the fact the bench is so malnourished at this point in time is just so it's so upsetting to see when spam goes out the team just falls apart
0: you know what could have helped that bench is a guy who's rumored to now sign with the Milwaukee Bucks is Goran Dragic and it was a perfect segue to what you said to George of Kyle Lowry being upgraded to questionable because it was in Philadelphia that's not fooling anyone I feel like everybody knew everyone knew that that was a load of shit. That he was just getting upgraded to questionable so he could have a free trip to Philly to see his friends, his family, because he's from there. And now that gave everybody a little bit of hope. And like, oh, okay, maybe he's actually closer than we thought with this nagging knee injury. But no, like you said, back to now being out indefinitely. And the guard depth on this team was already shallow to start with. They weren't going to sign Goron because they'd have to cut somebody. But they thought, hey, if Kyle's coming back closer, maybe we don't have to inquire. Which is legitimately a fair that's a fair gripe. Like that's fine. If Kyle Lowry was coming back, I know he doesn't give you shit anyway, but at least that that's a body to take up more minutes, and albeit very big out of shape body, but it's going to be taking up minutes for you. Goron is old, it's not Bubble Goron, it's not Miami Heat Stint Goron that we're talking about either, but still, just for the fun, you <laughs> get get the fan base invested into something a little bit more now, too, because what we're looking at is a team that's going to struggle. Uh, the Knicks have now won the team that they're chasing, uh, have now won seven or eight in a row, uh, undefeated since they got Josh Hart, which was an underrated pickup by them too. That's a squad, the New York Knicks. That's, that's a sentence that you wouldn't have expected any of us to say before the season. Randall's had a good bounce back year. You're chasing now someone who is running with a, a, a whole lap head start on, you know, and they're not going to make up ground. In my opinion, I don't think they're going to make up ground. They're, they're made for the play-in right now, albeit they will probably have to lose two in the play-in to not make the playoffs at all. Depending on your agenda, that might be right up your alley. Um, for the Miami Heat front office, it's definitely not. That's not the way that they do business. They want to be able to compete. They want to sell that to their fans. They wanted to sell it to Harry when, when he went to the season ticket holder thing at the beginning of the year. Harry wasn't buying that shit as he shakes his head. Harry wasn't buying it, Pat. No, it's... I, it's just frustrating too, because to get back on track, they they were probably going to be in the market for Goron, but then they got the false hope of Lowry, so they didn't inquire, and now Goron is going to the Bucks. Which, honestly, from my opinion, that's not a bad thing, because that means Goron might get a ring, and I like Goron a lot as a human being, so I'm, I wouldn't exactly be opposed against that. What about you, Harry?
2: Yeah, I think it's odd. Uh, the Bucks basically signed all the bubble heat guys. Uh, they got uh, Myers Leonard. Uh, they traded for J- uh Jay Crowder and now Goran's there. Um good for them. I think they're gonna win. I know, you know, people like the new look suns. They look good last night with KD, but um, you know, usually takes some time for teams like that to gel. And I just think Giannis is not gonna be stopped if, if he's healthy and doesn't want and doesn't wanna be. Um they have a good supporting cast around them and that would be my pick. Um I think what's frustrating about the Heat in general is like this Philly team ain't for real. I think everyone knows that. Um so it's like to me it's always frustrating that we that we struggle and it's a dog fight against them and then we had a chance to like come home, start this home stand on the right foot and get absolutely waxed. Um, you know, I just think we're kind of at this point where, like you said, gotten really hot. That that Josh Hart trade has really kind of given them the exact role player they needed, um, helped out the defense a lot and um you know, kind of made them. I'm not worried about them either going, but it's going to help them secure uh, four or five seed in the postseason. And um, for the Heat, it's just another. This Lowry thing's really frustrating. Um, I know Zazlo was on the Lebertard show, I think it was yesterday, uh, and he had said that he, Kyle Lowry is his least favorite Heat player of all time. And he got some, you know, some pushback from Dan. And was saying like really Whiteside this that but the truth is like what they were at like what they were expecting from Kyle and then eventually what fans were like asking from him this season the bar was low because after he got injured in the postseason last year no one was like we like you need to shoot open threes and make the right pass and play OK defense like the bar was low and he can't even do that and whether he's given up on the team, or he just is not that interested in basketball anymore, or he realizes the skill set's not there. It doesn't really matter what the reason is. I think lack of effort will always get you in some trouble with fans. And um, he didn't really seem hindered by the knee injury when he was out there. He just seemed to not really give a crap. So that's always going to bother people. Um, You know, Royal has kind of mentioned, he mentioned again on the stream last night that he's pretty sure that Lowry's going to come out and just say he's going to get knee surgery or something so he doesn't have to come back. And if that's true, and he basically, again, lied to the front office about coming back, being ready for any role, and he said that simply to um, just mess with the team, it's just another thing you can add. No one's going to be just really excited to get rid of him in the offseason, and um, we just need to stop making these mistakes. Uh, You can't trade for a guy like that who turned out to be as bad as he was while Jimmy had the playoffs he had last year. You can't continue to bring in these undrafted agents and either let them walk for nothing or not move them when they have value. Um, For example, I like we've been talking about two of the three are going to leave this year between your max and Gabe. I don't like any of them personally to stay. And I think they'll end up keeping Gabe. But if you had a chance to move max for a pick, if you had, you probably could have moved uh, your seven for a pick in the off season There were just things this Heat team could have done. Um, And we can kind of transition to this because I think he's been playing better. Uh, Cody Zeller's been good in the games where he's come in. He's been a backup. And the fact that the Heat went more than 60 games without signing someone like that, someone who was available the entire time, um, is going to be frustrating for Heat fans because we're going to be in the play-in game. And uh, we could point to six or seven games that we win if Deadman does not play. So – you can make you can you can have any excuse you want. If your excuse was they expected Europe, but he got hurt, so they had to go with Deadman. That's not true. You didn't have to play that guy. Once you saw that he wasn't giving you anything, he doesn't need to be out there. Um, you had other options. Orlando Robinson was good for a couple weeks before he kind of hit the wall. One week, I don't know, maybe it was maybe it was three days, but he was good for a small amount of time before he hit a wall. But you know, you see, having a competent backup bit. In- Zeller doesn't do anything crazy well. Um he is faster than I thought he was, honestly. But he's not, you know, he's just he's a good rebounder, he's hustles, and um he can put the ball back up when he gets it. He can catch it and lay it up. That's all you need from a backup big. You're really not looking for a lot. And the fact that we just sat here and wouldn't do it because we were worried about dipping into the tax is just another I, I don't um not he's not my favorite guy, and I don't but I thought Ira wrote something good, whether he was writing to himself or to to a a fan that wrote in. I don't know. But he had kind of said, like, you can't really play this game where you're competing to win a championship, but you won't dip into the tax, but you won't, like, pay anyone. It's just you can't do all these things. Every team that's going to compete this year is going to be in the tax. Every team. Every team is deep in the tax. Um, every team has multiple picks, whether they got them because they tanked for a year or they traded guys when they had them or they moved second round picks around. I mean, people could laugh about the Jay Crowder move by the Bucks, but that's going to help them a lot. And having five second round picks available is going to make deals easier to happen. And when there are so many ways for the Heat can buy picks at the draft, they don't do that. The Heat can move guys uh, before they become free agents. The Heat could, um, they could maybe sell high on a guy. So, a guy they like who's doing well, but they know he's not in the long term plans. Why wouldn't they sell high on him and try to get something for him? Like, for me, why wasn't Caleb moved this year? He's, you know, he's eventually going to be moved. And I feel like his value is higher with more time on his contract. And it's just another example of the Heat really mismanaging and. They've kind of, uh, they're going to look back. People can say whatever they want. They could say they've been in the finals, you know, one year, which uh, they got close last year. They're going to look back on this Jimmy time whenever it ends and say, we really missed a golden opportunity and we, we screwed it up.
0: I do think you brought up a good point with professor Zeller because he has done a phenomenal job of coming out of nowhere, giving them hustle minutes, teaching a geology class at a local Miami community college at 4 p.m. and then making it home in time to change and then get onto the arena to play a game for the heat at 7 p.m. It's a phenomenal job by Professor Zeller. He does a great, great, great job bringing in exactly what Dedman couldn't give you. And then it's, it's almost crazy as if bringing in someone who is drafted based on talent is yielding results. It's almost like when you actually – invest into somebody who has natural basketball talent you're going to see improvements in areas that you were previously hurting in i.e rebounding backup big minutes etc you're seeing things now that the heat were too stubborn to do earlier on like you said harry where they had an opportunity to go get a, a real backup big much earlier in the year and they just neglected to they said they're fine with dead men because they were they they signed him to flip him the only thing I would ask you, Harry, if you're able to answer, I know this is usually reserved for notable, like, good players. Is it possible that you, you would see, like, mainly Max, because he's the one that had offers for him at the traded line? Could you see a sign-and-trade going on there, just so that he could recoup anything? Or is that, is that like, literally not possible?
2: Um, well, so it's technically possible, because anyone that you have bird rights for, you can sign-and-trade them. Um... The problem is is that I don't really see how anybody is paying Max more than probably the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is what we gave to Caleb this year. And unless the, the team has to use their mid-level on someone else, um, I don't see why they'd be trading for Max. So again, they kind of just put themselves in a spot where Max probably goes and takes a small part of a team's mid-level exception and the Heat get nothing for it. So, I just don't, like, I think they realize the guys are going to keep, like, I think they have a plan going into the offseason. I don't think they're stupid enough where they're just winging it. So, if that's the case, and you look at this team, and I know Pat Riley knows this team can't win. I knew that when I heard him talk. He was very down on this team. Um, He wasn't really hiding his feelings about this squad particularly. So, um, I don't understand why they wouldn't say the Timberwolves are offering us a second round pick for max or two second round picks for max. Look at what, look at what the second round picks did in this uh, last trade deadline. It's probably something that's going to continue to be a thing where a second round picks get moved a lot more than first round picks. Let's move max for what we can. Um, to me, let's move, I mean, they can't, they wouldn't have moved Gabe because he's the starting point guard right now, but I would again trade these guys. If someone calls and says we'll give you a second round pick, Do it. What are we waiting for? They'll find no offense to Gabe or Matt, they'll find more guys that can shoot 33 from three.
0: That's not hard. 33 is generous. I'd kill for 33.
2: I saw a stat earlier that Gabe Vincent, um, I think there was a a, he's taken a certain amount of catch and shoot threes this year out of 95 guys in the NBA. He's 93rd, so that's just
0: backbreaker.
2: So it's just like. You know, I understand the shooting's been terrible and no one can really hit. And maybe there's some curse on the Heat jersey this year or the curse of Jimmy missing last year, that missing that three. But it's like at this point, these guys are all replaceable. They've been replaceable. We have to move on from them when the opportunity arises.
1: Speaking three-point of three point shooting. shooting, yeah, speaking of three point shooting, just in the month of February as well, if you look at, you know, there's players, players that miss games. We, we we understand that as well. Carl Lowry played one game, shot twenty percent from the from three and fourteen point three percent from the field that game. Uh, Tully was up to thirty six percent, still a decent enough number. Uh, Jimmy's at fifty percent from three for the for the month of February. In the three games that Kevin Love's played, is twenty six point three percent. This is all prior to last night's game in Philadelphia. Uh, Caleb Munn's down to 27% from three. Gabe Vincent in the 10 games he's played in February, 31%. Max Strews is 32.4% in the 10 games he's played and 39% from the field. Again, all prior to the Philly game. Oladipo is 25% from three. Hayward Highsmith, 33% from three in the eight games he played. Um, Duncan Robinson played three games in February uh, prior to last night, 21.4% from three. A guy you're paying $18 million to, by the way. We, and that's, I'm not going to beat the, you know, beat this dead horse with a stick anymore. Because at the same time, we've talked about it a thousand times. But Jamara Bouyer was at 40% from three in his four games played. Now, I'm not saying anything. I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, he was.
0: Don't uh, make me come on here and kick you. I know, I know. Don't do it. Okay.
1: Cody, Cody Zeller in three games he played 6.3 points, 2.7 rebounds, one assist, one block a game, 66. 0.7% from uh, from the field, so that's you know that's where we are at the moment. We're a very poor three point shooting team, which is uh, a byproduct and a result of a very stagnant off season and uh, you know mid trade deadline. So that's been that's just the case. We all know what's gotten us to this point. It's about what gets us out. And we- I mentioned, I, I saw something before as well. Um, someone on Twitter mentioned that the Heat can't rebuild because what keeps them in the running for all these free agents is the fact that, um, the fact that we're a winning organization. And whilst I agree that the Heat like to win and they like to put themselves in as good a position as they can to win most of the time. Problem is at the moment, you're nowhere close. Teams aren't looking at this, t- you know, players aren't looking at this team now. Disgruntled stars aren't looking at this team and saying, I want to play in Miami. Not anymore. They, they don't. And I don't care if you know, Kevin Durant, you know, was, was you know, on the list, and so was Kyrie Irving and stuff like that. That's an anomaly. That's that's not going to happen if the Heat fall out of the play-in or hit the tenth seed by the end of the season. It's just not going to happen. These are unviable moves. What is uh, a viable move? Sorry, as Harry
2: George, I was just going to say, like you're really making a good point because the since they since they acquired Jimmy, so Jimmy wanted to be here. Wade talked to him. He came down here, made the trade happen. Whatever, whatever, whatever. The best player we've signed since Jimmy is probably, like, impact wise, is probably Caleb Martin, who was a two way player, who was converted. I don't think they've signed anybody. If you think about it, if you think of the, the, you know, that since that they signed Avery Bradley, they signed.
0: I'd say um, Jay Crowder is probably the best. Marhawkless. Don't
2: you <laughs> no, no, but
0: but guys, but Jay Crowder they traded for. I'm saying, like,
2: I'm saying, oh, like you sign, meant to straight
0: up sign, signed. yeah, it's probably Caleb. Like,
2: they haven't signed anybody, and so it's just like it doesn't matter, like, what, what happened before, it doesn't matter if people respected the heat for not like this is a new age of basketball. They can get their money if they stay at home, and to leave it to come and win somewhere else, it's not going to be for this team, it's not going to be for the worst offense in the NBA. Nothing Grisola. that's really attractive.
0: Mario Chalmers. And, you no, know, guy.
2: we're just kind of we're in a really tough spot. I don't know what the answer is, but hey, it's, definitely, it's definitely not doing the same crap and pretending everything's fine. I like, think I, that-
1: I understand the narrative, though. I understand the narrative. Sorry to cut you off, LJ. I understand the narrative narrative at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But this is something that, I've, you know, that people have brought to my attention that we've we've discussed. The Heat don't go out and win championships by signing undrafted talent and surrounding them around your core. It's just never going to happen. Tyler Hero was a good find for, you know, for the pick that you had. Understanding, in hindsight, you could have made a better pick, but we're not going to talk about that. The same time, you mismanaged that player's contract. You did. You put him on the bench. He outperformed, you know, he outperformed, yes, but he performed well. You went to pay him as a starter. He's now doing okay. He's doing well as the third option, in my opinion. But he's technically the first option on offense. So you look at it which way you want. Is he playing well enough to do you know to 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 earn that contract? I don't think so. And then there was that re- video released by Pat Riley, you know, not sorry, not by Pat Riley of Pat Riley the other day saying he dropped forty one the other day. By the way, I think it was against the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Utah Jazz, one of those three games. And they go and and people want him to start playing defense. Get out of here with that. That's not. It's not funny.
0: It's He's got that true. incentive on his contract now, George. You remember that?
1: No, I I don't. I <laughs> I I'm just sick of the way they've mismanaged the talent, but in in the greater scheme of things and in, in in the bigger picture. I sit here and I look at this and I go no players coming here. No players making their way to Miami. No no disgruntled stars going, you know what? I can win there. The move to make was the Carl Larry move. In high, like if you looked back at that position, that was the best move to make. He was a player that wanted to come here. He was coming off a championship in recent history, in recent past. Um, he could have brought something. He was Jimmy's friends, the godfather of Jimmy's the godfather of his kid, I think. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was the good move. It was a perfect move to make. It didn't work out. Now you've got a player that doesn't play on 30 million, 27 to 30 million, whatever you want to say. And not only is he stinking it up on the court, off the court, he's garnered a lot of attention for the way he's, you know, of his antics uh, in, in the off season, power only made that comment. Doesn't happen. Takes that the wrong way. And, you know, he he says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Like I said, in the month of, he played one game in the entire month, February, and he scored three points had two assists on 14% shooting. That's, not what you expect from a 27 million dollar player it's just not so you you have to look where you can go from here and the 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 consensus is in my eyes it's too hard it's too hard to rebuild a bench around this core and to position and and to keep that core together to then get all of these players and get a better point guard and try and move carl lowry He's an extent He's an expiring contract. It's better not to be in the tax now, to actually be able to move some of these guys. Hopefully, in the off season, Kyle Arum being move should be their first point of of, you know, first point of trade. It should be there. He's an expiring deal. We have got to move him, and then but to rebuild that entire roster, and do it within a time frame that suits Jimmy, and Bam. Because Bam at the end of the day, look, he's not getting old, but at the same time, he wants to win, and he. He's committed to the franchise at the moment, but if there's no moves being made, I don't see how we can sit there and go, I'm okay with this. I'm fine with this. That, so that's what I'm scared there's of. There's long term implications with everything you do. The stagnant is not just, we're not winning now. It's, what's that going to mean five years down the line? Because we looked two years down the line of the Kyle Lara deal, and we're in a, a significantly worse spot than we were before we signed him. We look at the Tyler Hero deal, we're in a significantly worse spot when he was you know when he's starting and putting up 21 points a game to when he was doing the same thing on the bench it's there's implications for everything that deal might come to bite them in the ass so <laughs> as the carl deal has so it's time to sit there and actually think what's the right move from here and in my opinion that, that leads
0: me into the the actual question of what do we do from here and it's 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 conversation that has really worked its way through he twitter the last couple of days and i'm it's I I'll tell you guys how I feel about it. Cause I feel like I differ from the way that at least Harry feels about it. I think is, is the Jimmy Butler discourse on the heat wanting to not wanting to, but should the heat look to trade Jimmy Butler in this off season? What Georgia said, the reason that I, I feel the way I do, like I said, I'll get into that in a second, but I don't know if Bam's going to be on board with that. If you traded Jimmy and then you had a very soft reset for like a year or something. I, I don't know if, if Bam's going to be for that. You've already, you know, Bam's given you words of, of players he's liked and you have let it just be piss in the wind and he, they haven't really cared at all. But Harry, how, how do you feel about the idea of maybe shipping Jimmy Butler off in the offseason, recouping some assets, actually getting picks, or even maybe, maybe solid role players as a result?
2: I think if there's a move that resets the team, well, one, I think it's something that Jimmy would want. So whether they, losing the play-in or winning the play-in and have a quick 1st round exit, and Jimmy's like, I've, I'm ready to move somewhere else. Then you look into moves. Essentially, if you can get a guy um, who's similar to Jimmy but younger and you can get other picks that you can use to maybe attach to a Lowry and get an upgrade or move with a hero or something like that, I'm good with completely resetting the roster about Pam. This roster does nothing to help Pam. Um, and the problem with Jimmy and Bam is that they're not, they're not the best offensive fits together. So if you're going to continue with them, you really need good three and D shooting wings around them. Like very good guys that are guys that can launch it and hit it and hit it. Cause we just cannot hit anything this year. So to me, it's two options, right? You can either, um, Get rid of Lowry. That's going to happen. Uh, move Tyler. I don't think he fits that well with Jimmy and Bam. And find the pieces that make sense about Jimmy and Bam. It's hard to find two guys you could argue are top 20 guys in the NBA, top 25, and um, build around them. They've done a bad job of building around those two. So they can, that's one That's one option I think they can do, and probably the more likely option. If If Jimmy wants out, hopefully he would do it quietly, and you would just start looking around the league and see what's available. Um, the heat wouldn't, I don't think they'd ever sit on the picks for a long time. So if you trade Jimmy and you can get a guy in a couple picks do it and you're looking for the next guy to fit next to Bam, Cause I, cause I agree with you. I don't think you can actually do a rebuild and I think you end up pissing off BAM if they end up becoming bad, right? If they're, but here's, but here's the other thing and they're not going to talk about it. They have BAM under contract for three years. Uh, you start to worry about that last year. So let's say they got two years to figure this out. Um, if they are here, if like something bad happens, Jimmy wants out, they trade everybody, whatever. And they're bad. They have their pick. It's not as good of a draft, but like they just need to start adding talent to this team done with the undrafted guys. Um, so they have to make a decision. If Jimmy's staying, get guys around Jimmy and Bam that fit like a glove offensively and can help them defend. And when they sit, when they sit, this team is a complete ass because it's now been like that for, um, for two seasons now. Because last postseason wasn't good either, and that's what they have to do. Those are their choices. I don't. I wouldn't tell you exactly who I would like right now because I don't know what's available, what's out there. Um, but that's what they need to do: trade hero and get some, and trade Lowry and get some pieces that make sense around their your your two stars, or trade everybody but Bam and make a team that works, and let's move forward. All I think all Heat fans want, and we argue about stuff all the time, and we never agree. It's just give us a direction. If it happens to be the same our year and we're building, I don't think they would care. Barry Jackson mentioned that earlier. Like, I don't think anyone would mind a two-year rebuild. They just have to commit to it. And it can't be trying to take shortcuts and getting, and oh, we have to win next year. No, no one's expecting that. They just don't want this old, tired, unathletic, small, crappy team to continue again. And that's where we
0: are. That's why my... My stance is a little bit different, too. I'm not in the camp yet of trading Jimmy Butler, and I'll tell you guys why. I think, like you said, too, I'm not a huge fan of any of the prospects that might even be out there for Jimmy just this offseason, and you do risk of pissing Bam off by doing that because, again, he's giving you names of players he likes. He likes Jimmy, even if their games don't completely mesh well on the court. He likes him. Shipping him off, starting to not tank, but not be as competitive for two more years, that's not good. I think that you owe this team owes Jimmy one more year. I, I I'm in the camp of giving it one more actual year of trying, not not what we saw this year where they say, well, we're gonna try to be competitive without going into the tax. They're already gonna be they're gonna have their ass against the wall next year, but I know they're they can they can make some wiggle room there with contracts. I get that. but they owe Jimmy one final year of legitimately trying to improve this team around players that can actually a LeBron type of build where you surround Bam and Jimmy with shooters, you owe that to Jimmy because this year they they haven't done anything to help him. Jimmy's gone nuclear in the playoffs two out of the three postseasons so far. And I feel like you just owe that to him of one more actual attempt. If you you flop after that, I understand there's a big risk because he's going to be older. I get that. There, There is inherently a risk you're running by letting him go in another year where his knees not, might not be the same again too. And he'll sit out even more next season. I get that, but that is a risk I'm willing to take because I understand you're way closer to the promised land with Jimmy on your roster than you are without him to make a move this offseason That would make something work. I think you're, you're in the camp of maybe having like f- finessing a, a Kyle Lowry salary or a Tyler hero type of thing too. I feel like that that's a good way to upgrade a number three. Cause I feel like Tyler's, Tyler's gotten a lot of flack on our network, but he, I feel like he's been bad for about 75% of the season. Not He hasn't shot well recently. Three of the last four months, I think he, he's been shooting pretty poorly. Um, I, I feel like you need to cash in while you still can on Tyler Hero because he's not going to go back to the bench, even though he probably should. I feel like his his role just fits way better on the bench too for this team. It's where he can actually thrive and play well. But I, I feel like you need to give Jimmy that one last legit attempt of putting real shooters and real players around him, not this undrafted nonsense, because you're already seeing what Tyler's, or what, what, what Zeller is doing for you, not Tyler Zeller, what, what he's doing for you now that you have a little bit of actual talent backing up Bam. You continue to improve that with actual drafted players with real talent that you don't have to have in a lab somewhere for three years to mold them. It, it, it's difficult. It's extremely difficult to win that way. That's why you saw the shooting fall off a cliff in the playoffs last year. All the undrafted guys just stopped hitting. That's just what happens. So I, I feel like if you can give one final legit shot with Jimmy, I'm for it. And then if it if it flops, it flops. You recoup what you can recoup and you trade him in the event that that's what he wants. Because if he wants out this offseason, they're going to honor it. So it's like you're at the mercy of Jimmy at that point. But that that, that that's my piece on it. I, I feel like we should wait another year before we actually trade Jimmy Butler if we need to.
1: The only way that this team contends with Jimmy still on the roster come next season, if you want to give him the, that extra season to to you know really just give it that last last final you know push for the for a ring, is um you have to trade Tyler. Herra. You have to trade him because he's not the 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 progression's just not there at that point where you need him to be, and that's completely fine. And that's fine. You, it's just it's it's just a matter. It was just a matter of 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 different ages at that point. Tyler's just too young. Jimmy's just too far progressed in his career, and we don't know if he's going to be the same player in the playoffs this year. Let alone next year. So we it's all a wait and see scenario. Really, it is. But if you, if he does outperform himself in the playoff and and really does play well, and you want to give that last chance, Tyler Hero has to be the piece moved to then surround them with new pieces to get better. That's the only way that's going to work. And I don't think the organization is going to look towards that, um, you know, at, at a gra- at greater depth than it would be to move Jim Butler if he was to ask out. I don't know what they would choose in that situation. I hope it's the right move, which is to move Jimmy. Um, Cause if he's asked out, he's given up at that point. And that's, that's fine for him as well. If he wants to go in a ring, hope you know retracing that's that's completely fine but i detest the idea of paying 36 year old jimmy butler 54 million dollars i hold, i i hold that i've held that held that near and dear to my heart when i saw that contract and i said to myself this could be bad this could be really bad if they're not careful
0: they've been anything but careful <laughs> when it comes to surrounding other people on a salary to compete with that. And it's definitely complicated, but I think Harry knows a thing or two about things that uh, aren't so complicated. Wouldn't you say, Harry, there's a perhaps they would be the, the primary sponsor of the basement, simple health advisors.
2: Yeah, yes, thank you. Um, you guys, everybody needs insurance, even if you think you don't, you need it. So give our guy, James Pugh, a call. It's 321 345 7738. Uh, is email j-p-o-u-g-h at simplehealthadvisors.com we thank james he's the best and you definitely need to give him a call if any uh
0: questions so thank you
2: as always james
0: and now guys we're reached with uh, the end of the pod we would we, we go we went a little bit longer than we initially wanted to but the jimmy debate is a spirited one because it, it's it's one that's definitely dividing twitter right now um, not even just on Twitter just The fan base in general is, is very divided I, I I would think at the at Maybe even three weeks ago It was more like 80-20 80 in favor of not trading Jimmy I feel like that's probably gone down to like 60-40 At this point which is crazy to me Even though I, I'm still I understand both sides I really do, I get it You want to recoup to be able to stay competitive and But I, I, I do think Bam is already getting close to getting angry And yeah, he has a lot of friends around the league Because he's a really cool dude And I feel like he would probably get plucked somewhere else. And he's not going to bring his friends here because he's already tried and it didn't work. Other friends are going to try to bring him there. Uh, But that's all we have for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with your favorite random scrubs. We love you guys. Take care and be good people. Need a stop and a rebound. For you. For three. Oh my.
2: That was the Random Scrub Heat podcast.
1: You have to, you know, whip him into shape, or, or get him, you know, to a better a a better state of of, of mind and body to play.